personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Leaf, who will help you get started in building your real estate empire. Grow your self-confidence, find your grit, and get the skills needed to dominate the real estate world. This is Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lee. So I got a little treat. I brought Bob Lund back, the boss man of the mortgage department on Bethpage Federal Credit Union. I want to bring Bob in because I think there's a lot of misconceptions when you, you got your mortgage and you're not paying it, whether it's your primary residence, your secondary residence. It's an investment property. It's a commercial investment property, residential, commercial. Either way, you have this loan and we have this pandemic. It's a big pandemic. And I read in the news about, I don't have to pay my mortgage. And we talk about that and we talk about how we don't want to get foreclosure and how what we should do. But really what I want to understand is who am I supposed to talk to about? this. Is there a government I talk to? I heard this word called a servicer, a lender. Bob, Bob what, what are we talking about? Yes, hi, Andrew. How you doing? Um, yeah, I think the most important thing is you should contact your servicer, not necessarily the institution, the bank, or the credit union that you closed with initially on your loan, unless that's who you pay today. So if you continue, whoever you're writing your check to every month is the entity that you should be contacting. And when you Not say necessarily the lender, and when you say closed. I should be contacting them, is there a special portal, an email, a call, or it doesn't matter as long as I get in contact with them? Is that what I'm trying to understand? Uh, yes, most most companies today, as Bethpage Federal Credit Union does, have a link on their website that you can fill out in order to get contact in contact about possible forbearance or some sort of modification for your home loan. Okay, so if you can't pay your mortgage, you should be contacting your lender and you can be going on their website. They might have a link. Let's say I call. I'm, I'm, I'm an old school guy. I don't know if you know these people, but my mother does her email once every two months. It's an email day. So I'll call her up and I'll be talking to her and she's like, I'm doing my email, Andrew. I can't talk right now. It's like a whole experience. So let's say you're an old school person that just needs to call. You need to talk to someone. Do I just speak to the representative that answers the phone? Is there a department? Is there a name of a department I should be asking for? Uh, in many cases, the name of the department would be called loss mitigation. Uh, you can call a general 800 number for your for the uh, servicer that you're dealing with and ask for loss mitigation. And they would be able to put you in the right direction. So I want to run through this. I, I call up. I say, hi, this is Andrew. I got this loan. I should have my loan number available. That's a very big thing, right? You need to have your loan number available. And then you should be calling up loss mitigation. You should be speaking to them. Should I just say, I want that forbearance thing I heard about from the CARES Act? Or is there some sort of application or something I should be knowing about? Uh, generally, there's a, a pretty short application that basically attests to the fact that you're in a financial hardship and uh, you need some assistance. It's not the, uh, the forbearance that we're hearing so much about is not for everybody. It really is a short-term solution uh, to financial hardship. Not, I got a call the other day from a friend and he said, hey, um, I heard I don't have to pay my mortgage for six months. And, and I'm not, not to make light of it, but I said, are you still working? Did you lose your job? No, everything's good. But Dude, you're nicer than me. This is what I say. I go, you're nuts. That's what I say. Every time Every time they, I get these calls all the time, people are like, I heard I don't have to pay my bills. I, in fact, in my law firm, people call me up and they're like, yeah, so I heard I don't have to pay my mortgage. I'm like, if I didn't have to pay my mortgage, why would I be answering your call? I would just be retired not paying my mortgage. <laughs> like At the end of the day, yeah. you made a very big point. You have to swear. You have to affirm. You have to attest. You have to swear under penalties of perjury that you have this financial hardship. And the ramifications are huge. I was talking to a client the other day who was applying for a commercial loan and we were doing a new lease for them and they wanted to juggle around the lease and have two leases, one to show the lender and one to show their their tenant. And we said, we can't do this. This is bank fraud. You can go to jail, you fool. 
Right. I, I think the biggest misconception uh, is that it's for everybody and that it doesn't have to be paid back. Uh, that's a big misnomer. The uh, the forbearance agreement is a temporary suspension of payments, and there are the devil's in the details with when you have to pay it back and uh, over what time period. Is it a lump sum, a balloon payment? Uh, will it be tacked on and your loan modified to the end of your amortization? Um, the devil's really in the details when it comes down to uh, how it works. Well, I want to get into those details. So let's start off with this. I fill out this application, which I know is called a request for mortgage assistance. That's usually what the application is, an RMA. So I'm going to call up. I'm going to call up the lender and I'm going to say, hey, can I speak to the loss mitigation department? Sometimes it's called the REO department. It depends which lender you're talking to. But you say, can I talk to loss mitigation? And I'm sure if you would have just said, hey, I need that forbearance, they'll know where to direct you. The lender you're calling, as Bob Lund from Beth Page says, is the one that you're paying the bills on, not necessarily who you got your loan with. And by the way, not necessarily who owns your loan today. It's the company that's sending you the bills. That's what he's talking about here. But Bob, besides filling that out, does everyone who has a, a mortgage problem, does everyone who has a mortgage problem get this forbearance? What are we talking about? Like, let's say I have a, I don't know, $3 million loan in the Hamptons. And it's, uh, as you and I have discussed before, a portfolio loan, a portfolio loan, meaning that it's being held by the institution that uh, I borrowed it from. They didn't sell it off on the secondary market to Fannie and Freddie or to another institution. It's not. So let's say I have that. Do I get a forbearance too automatically? Well, uh- Automatically, you, you get a forbearance. If you ask for it today, you would get one. Yes. Good. But do you need, do you need one? Is really the question. Well, I feel like I need one because I have to buy my yacht. Don't you know it's yacht season? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. No. In that case, uh, you would not be you would not be uh, someone who should be asking for a forbearance agreement. It is not uh, time to go to Disney and uh, and stop paying your mortgage for a few months. So, but I read after the Great Recession, a lot of people, and you're bringing up a very good point. You're saying it is a joke not go to Disney, but I read Bob. In the Great Recession, there was articles that said, stop paying your mortgage. That's what they said. Don't even call. Stop paying your mortgage and go to Disney. You're living for free. They're not going to do anything. And so you're here to tell me that that's not going to work out that way. It's not going to work out because you're going to have payments that you're, you're going to fall behind on. Uh, you're going to end up owing that money in one way or another. Or you could, or you could run into a problem where, uh, you know, as far as foreclosure proceedings could start because you're, you're, you've fallen so far behind on a mortgage, maybe it comes to a point where you can't actually dig out. I like to do a-, a little math exercise here. Maybe you can help me out and tell me my math is right. I borrow money, okay, and I'm paying $2,000 just for easy math. I'm paying $2,000 a month, and my loan is something like $500,000. I'm just making up numbers, easy numbers, okay? And so it's $2,000 a month. I miss month one and don't call Bob and I don't call Beth Page. I have a loan with you all. I miss month two. I don't call Bob and I don't call Beth Page. I miss month three. Should I just owe $6,000 then, or will I owe $500,000 plus? I just want to understand the difference here, because (laughs) I think a lot of people think that they could just not pay and then eventually pay without getting a forbearance agreement. You see, Bob, I think they don't know what an acceleration is. Could you just give us a little explanation of that? Yeah, I think as soon as you, well, as soon as you start missing your payments, you're going to accrue interest and fees and penalties. Uh, if you talk to your lender and get a forbearance agreement, uh, there are no penalties, uh, and you would not be mar- and you won't be marked late on your credit report. So the first and most important thing to do is as soon as you feel like you have a problem or coming across one, to contact your lender. Don't just miss a payment and say, I'll make up for it later, because it will accrue interest and it will, uh, you will owe that money over. 
uh, over time if you can work out uh, a modification or a forbearance with your lender. So what I want everyone to be hearing right now, and Bob Lund from Bethpage is giving us great information, not only are you going to owe not the 6000 but you owe the whole amount that's called an acceleration when you default after two months generally in a loan. It triggers an acceleration where you owe the entire debt, but Bob's adding pinch penalties, interest, attorney's fees. And Bob, if I come to you and I say, listen, Bob, I'm struggling. I think next month I might not be able to pay 2000 You at Beth Page are going to try and make a deal with me. But if I come to you and I owe 510000 it's a much harder nut to swallow from Beth Page to make a deal with me. You see, the, the b- positional bargaining changes drastically when you ask after the fact instead of before the fact. And there's this big misnomer out there that people could just not pay and go to Disney, as you said before. So I just want to repeat what we're telling everyone. I got the guy from the bank on the radio with you right now. I'm not just telling you theory. I'm not just telling you what I've done. This is the lender. And they're one of the biggest lenders around in Long Island. So I want you guys to realize that you call up the people that are giving you the loan. You call up. You ask for the loss mitigation department. You call up. You say, I heard about a forbearance and what Bob said. And this is what I want to get into right now. You'll probably get the forbearance because you got the hardship. You can't say, I have a hardship and I need to buy a yacht. You have to have a hardship, hardship, hardship. But uh, Bob said, the devil's in the details. And I said, I was going to go back to that. So I want to understand, where do I find the details? Mm. Yeah, the detail. The lender should give you, well, will give you all the details you need. However, it is a complicated, it can be a complicated process. And uh, my advice is, if any of it overwhelms you, you should contact an attorney. There's no reason not to have representation in order to work out what the best op- option for you is. And if you don't know what that option is, <clears throat> the, the credit union, the bank is going to try to give you the best, is going to give you the best option as they see fit. But it's always, it's never a bad idea to have a second set of eyes, especially uh, professionalized, get a lawyer, someone who specializes in this in order to help you out. So as someone who did like five to 10 of these a day during the Great Recession, I will tell you as a lawyer that did this, what you're going to get is you're going to get an agreement, a contract. And unless the ink is on the paper that says when you owe the money back, you don't know when you owe the money back. And unless the ink is on the paper that says you're not in default from not paying, you are in default from not paying. And the key is to get an agreement that's signed by the lender and signed by the borrower and everyone understands the term before you move forward. But I want to say something to you, Bob, and I want to say something to everyone listening. This is not a windfall. Let me repeat that again. This is not a windfall. I talked about yachts and Bob talked about going to Disney. It's not like you're going to say to yourself, I'm going to make a lot of money from doing this. This is truly for people that are in hardships right now. And if you don't have a demonstrable hardship, you could be committing bank fraud and it could be a major problem. So I want everyone to realize that if you want to do like, uh, you might've heard the word short sale and you want to sell it to a family member and then buy it back, or you want to go say, I need money and put money in your sister's name. This isn't going to work out for you. But if you truly are in problems from this pandemic, and you probably have an experience, I want you to call up your lender. And if that servicer is Beth Page, you've just spoken to Bob. Thank you all so much. Stay tuned for the next segment where we're going to talk about Lauren Lieb. She has, what are you doing? Contingency planning for how businesses are going to be reopening after the Great Recession. I want to hear what she's got to say. She runs all my businesses. Let's stay tuned. Have you ever dreamed of owning a rental property, flipping a home? Opening a successful business. This is Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lee.